Hi, and welcome to The Marketing Hive, a podcast helping you to navigate the world of digital marketing. We are your hosts, Amy Cook and Kate Smoothie, and today we're talking all about your go-to on-page SEO checklist. We actually recently did an episode on keyword research, and this definitely would be your go-to next step. So, Kate, do you want to kick off with step one? Yes. So, okay, the first step... Um, would be to go and listen to our keyword research episode and choose your keyword. So no, I'm kind of joking. I'm going to, I'll give you something a little bit extra from that, but definitely make sure you already have your keyword. Make sure you are really clear on what your chosen keyword is going to be for the page, because most of the advice that we're giving you here, you need that keyword. So logically, we're going to start at the top of the page. You need to make sure your page title includes the keyword. So as an example, I think we heavily use web design in the last one. So I will continue to do the same. Um, Let's say I am targeting web design services for small business owners. That should be the name of my page. Yeah. On that note, the page title should also be the first heading on your page. So headings are H1 to H6. Your H1 is the most important heading on the page and it is usually your page title. So when I'm talking about a page title here, I am talking about the the actual written title on your page. So for most people, if it's a blog post, for example, it's the title of the blog post. If it's a page, it's that first main bit of text that people hit on the page. It should be your page title and it should be a H1. Yeah, 100%. And keeping on the flow of the page, the next section you want to make sure your keyword is within is the first 100 words of your like body text. So you've obviously got your heading and then you've got your first bit of description to tell people more about that page. Within the first 100 words of that text, you need to make sure your keyword is within there as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And just a note on this before we continue, especially when we're talking about using it within your content, like your headings and the paragraph text, body text, whatever you want to call it. Make sure it's organic. Do not just chuck the keyword in there. So this is known as keyword stuffing. People used to do it like years ago now in the SEO world. And it's basically just dumping keywords in just so Google like pluck it out of the content. It doesn't work anymore. Your content needs to read super organically and make sense with the keywords. If it doesn't make sense and it doesn't fit, you need to rewrite that section or you need to reconsider whether or not you put your keyword there. However, Amy and I are telling you the places that you need to put the keyword. So write the content so it fits. Yeah, 100%. It is about making it organic, not just shoving it in because of the sake of it. So yeah. Absolutely. Um, So moving on from that, keeping in line with the content on your page, it really depends on the length of the content as to how many more times you include the keyword in the main paragraph or body text on your page. So ideally, you'll use it at least three times. And that includes within the 100 words that Amy just mentioned, your first 100 words. But if you're writing a blog post, and it's like, 1,500 to 2,000 words, which is the recommended minimum word count for a blog post. Um, I'll actually, I'll kind of skip ahead a few steps, but so a minimum word count for, let's say like a service page or a product page. I always used to recommend people to do 350 words. Now I like to tell people to do 500 words. Yeah, my go-to is 500. Yeah, I think it gives you enough to include the keyword 
like three times and it, it feels organic. Um, and it just gives you a little bit of a boost over the people that are only going for 350 words. So because that was kind of like an industry standard thing of hit a minimum of 350 words, a lot of people would hit 350 words and stop. So if you're aiming for 500, you're just giving yourself that little bit of an extra boost. Um, but yes, so obviously with a 500 word page, three times would be more than enough. With a blog post that's 2000 words, it's probably not enough. You'd probably need to be aiming for more like five or six times. But again, make sure it's organic um, and consider the fact that the Google's algorithm is very smart. And so as long as you're talking about that topic still and depending on how much you want to like deep dive into keywords, you might also be using related keywords within that post. And again, that all will help to um, give you that authority and to boost your page up Google. So make sure it's organic, but make sure you're doing at least three times. Yeah, definitely. And just to keep on that topic, sorry, just to add to that, um, it's making sure it's relevant. So like you say, if you've got your keyword as web design, don't then start talking about social media, for example, on that page. Yeah. Make sure everything about that page is related around that topic of web design. So then you're constantly telling Google that's what that page is about as such. Absolutely. So as an example, for me, I would maybe talk about website platforms. So like WordPress, Shopify and that kind of thing. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I may mention SEO, but again, even that you could argue that they're two separate things. And if you really, really want to be like, you need to look at it as like the content needs to be so clear as to what it's about that you don't want to muddy the waters by including other things that aren't quite similar enough. Yeah. Um, and actually one way of doing that is, so obviously we've talked about headings and H1s. So the other heading that you should definitely be using on the page is a H2. Ideally, you'd be using, so if we're talking about a blog post, you'd probably be using H2s and H3s. So you'll use the H3s to organize content within the H2. So let's say I'm writing a blog post on um, what's, the best, what's the best website platform for SEO. So my H1 would be, what's the best website platform for SEO? My H2 might be comparing the best website platforms for SEO. And then a H3 within that would be Wix. Another yeah. H3 would be WordPress. And so that way I'm letting Google know how I'm structuring the content, but also it helps the user to skim the content, find the section that they want to read, understand exactly how you're structuring all the content, um, and again, it gives you a great opportunity to use your keywords. So you'll have noticed when I was talking about this, if we're saying it's like web design platform for SEO was my keyword. In the example I've just given you, I've used it in my H1 and my H2, and then my H3s have been relevant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And talking on headings, just to go on that, because I often see this a lot on websites, um, because it's, I guess, not understanding what they are. But there is a reason why when you go to create your title, you get the options of a H1, a H2 to six, for example. That is not just to make your website look pretty by having text <laughs> in a bigger section. Yeah. So do not appear at the bottom of your site, H1, or in the middle of your site, because you think that bigger text looks great and it makes this call to action stand out more. Um, you should only have one heading one on your web website landing page and that should yeah. always be at the top of your page. Um, it's not there to look pretty, it's there to help Google know what your site's about. Absolutely. And that, and actually that that is said for headings in general, right? Like what you're saying about don't do it to style your text. 
they are there to communicate I guess like the structure is probably the best it's the structure of your written content if you're wanting stuff to look different design it differently or get a web designer don't use headings for their non-intended use <laughs> I just I know what you mean though people do it all the time it's crazy I know it is crazy I so often I see like you know, people say, oh, I'm going to design it like this. And I'm like, what heading is that? And they're like, oh, it's a hate tron. I'm like, but it's at the end of your page. Put it at the top. <laughs> I know. I know. And just touching on that before we move on, because we could probably talk about headings for ages. Only ever use one H1, H2s, H3s, whatever. That, that's kind of a bit more, you can be looser with that. Yeah. Um, one way of looking at it, though, is that you don't want to like only use H2s if you have lots of content and lots of headings you really do want to be considering the structure and how you can nest content within other bits of yeah. content to help with that definitely um cool i guess next one talking about like the stuff on because i want to i'm just thinking about the front end and then obviously behind the scenes so talking on the front end um again obviously another thing to do would be including strong call to actions mm -hmm. yeah and on that note, your, so your anchor text, which is the clickable text of a link. So if you are, so, oh, I feel like I'm, I'm literally merging like three or four things you need to include now. So one thing that you should always try to include is at least one internal link. Yeah. So within that internal link, there's the link itself. And then there's the anchor text. And the anchor text is the actual, actual clickable bit of that link. That should include the keywords for the page you're linking to. So yeah. let's say I've got, I'm doing this blog post on how does web design affect SEO. And let's say I have a blog post on best practices for technical SEO. If I link that and the keyword for that blog post was technical SEO best practices or whatever it is I just said that should be in the anchor text of that internal link so what you're doing there is you're passing authority to that other page that is not actually so you internal links are good for that current page's SEO but using anchor text with the keyword for the page you're linking to is good for the other page's SEO. I feel like I've probably made that sound really confusing, but basically it's, it's like an extra confirmation for search engines. That's what this content is about. And that is why you're encouraged to internal link between all your content. And it doesn't just apply to blog posts. It applies to your service pages and everything. Let's say Amy has got a page on her website about social media management. And then maybe she's also got a page about social media consulting if she is and they're the two keywords that she's using if she's going to link to her social media consulting page on the management page putting i offer social media consulting click here and click here is the anchor text is nowhere near as effective for seo than putting if you want to learn more about my social media consulting pages click here and that whole bit of anchor text yeah. that help you know and the keyword being included in the anchor text 100 i think it's that thing of Basically, if you've got a page, you've got a page that's got a keyword, anything to do with that page or, you know, when you're linking to that page should then be titled as that keyword. So often a good example would be your homepage. Your homepage is obviously optimized for a generalized keyword, but then within your homepage, you're linking them to your specific services. 
So those specific services on that home page should have the keyword that you're ranking that particular page for. So then everything to do with that service is always titled as that keyword as such. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're probably making this bit sound a bit more confusing than what it is. But basically, yeah, when you're linking to it, which you should be doing between your pages, um, make sure your keywords are included. Cool. Um, and then I guess this one's a bit more like structure of content. Um, but Google does like to see, again, it's about customer journey and flow. And sometimes, you know, we're saying to you to get 500 words on a page, which obviously sounds like a lot. So it is about, you know, slotting it in and making it feel as nice as possible. And a good thing you can do for that is, you know, numbered lists or bullet points or things like that. So just to break that text up and let it flow better so it doesn't feel overwhelming. Um, so Google does like to often see different styles of content, whether it's kind of like pitting something in bold or bullet pointing a list or, se or a section such um it's that's a good thing to do in terms of structure further for your landing pages absolutely and the nice thing about a bullet point list is you could like include that at the beginning of a section and then expand out on each point later yeah. on so it's a nice way to up your word count makes your content easier to skim read and all of that as well so yeah they're a great way of doing that okay. is there um, any front end before we move behind the only other things that I can think of that I would recommend including on the front end would be at least one image. Um, yeah. Then that kind of ties into the back end because you yeah. need to ensure that the image has an alt text or an alt tag that includes your keywords. You don't need to be, there aren't really like hard and fast rules about this. Sometimes I will do like a list of keywords. Sometimes I will do a, a sentence with the keyword included um, it's not quite as strict as some other parts of SEO optimization are the idea is just that it it will best describe the image because the alt text slash alt tags whatever your platform calls it also describe the image for screen readers yeah so you might want to consider that you need to kind of use it as both you're using it to let search engines know what the keyword is but also to help screen readers for people that obviously can't see the image. Yeah, definitely. So keeping on the topic of images, because obviously you've just said about adding an image to your site landing page and then behind the scenes, making sure you add your alt text or alt tag. Uh, another thing that is important when it comes to your images is firstly, um, if you can resize your images because this helps keep your site speed down. So we'll link it in the show notes, but a tool that you can use for this is tiny PNG. Is it tiny PNG or tiny dot PNG? I think it's tiny. Tiny PNG. PNG. Yeah. So that is a tool where literally you can upload your images to it and then it compresses them, but doesn't lose the quality of the images. So that helps to keep your site speed down, which is really good for SEO. And once you've done that process, then make sure you name your images before you upload them to your website. So do not then upload your image as image2059.jpg. Um, yeah. It's something relevant because again, you're giving yourself one opportunity to get found on like Google's images, um, as well as telling Google more about what that page is about. So, you know, try and name them something relevant. Um, it could be, for example, if I was doing my um, social media page I'd probably call it I don't know mango and wild social media management image or something like that so it makes it more re yeah. relevant than just calling it 
image 295 <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah i absolutely hate that image 2468.jpg yeah <laughs> you're just like such and a waste of dreaming i know and it's one of those things like once you get in the habit of doing it then like it becomes easy but if you are sat thinking oh i don't know then definitely delete all your images off your website and get them re-uploaded in the right image file names because it's definitely a missed opportunity absolutely and leading on from that is something that i probably don't recommend enough but recently i've been doing some competitor analysis for a client and i have realized that a lot of the people that are now suddenly outranking them on google are people that have got video on their page as well so video is a great way of boosting your content google is really all for video con as is everything at the moment right yeah. like this is why all these platforms are growing at the rate they are um so if you can if you have a relevant youtube video for example youtube is probably one of the easiest ways to embed video include it if it's a blog post you can even find someone else's youtube video and include that if you think it's going to provide extra educational value it doesn't necessarily have to be yours but if you do have youtube videos 100 take the opportunity and embed them in your content as well yeah 100 um cool and then I guess it's going on to behind the scenes, really, isn't it, of FCO? Yeah. Yeah, um, so, so I almost touched on this earlier. I was going to talk about meta titles and page titles, and then I was like, oh, gosh, it's going to get so confusing to do it at the same time. Um, so, yeah, obviously, is what, like, so we've just covered kind of like the front end of SEO in terms of everything you need to do on your landing page from the top of your landing page all the way down. And I think you should be including in that. And then additionally to that behind the scenes is, um, I guess it's like they kind of class it as like technical SEO, but it's the thing that shows on Google. So what you have is what they call SEO titles and meta descriptions. And basically this is the thing you see on Google when you search something. So you type in Google web design, and then you obviously get the, like a title and a little bit of description, which is then what makes you click through to that person's website. That is what you need to do behind the scenes of your website to make sure that then again you're making sure that the right thing is showing up when someone is searching for that and your keywords are within that but there are obviously i guess rules um to what you need to do so starting with seo titles they recommend um 60 characters um so don't make it any more than that and again make sure that your keyword is within that so if we're talking about web design it could be that for example, Kate, it could be that she does web five digitals, web design service for small businesses or something like that. But it's making sure that keyword is within that um, SEO title. And then with the description, it's a similar thing. Make sure the keyword is included. Um, so the meta descriptions, I find this really strange because I have always known to keep it to within 160 characters, but Shopify lets you have something crazy like 300 and something. And I don't really know why they suggest that because I can only assume it's because of featured snippets. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know, but I know with like Squarespace and stuff, they always have way more than what it says yeah. as well. But I always just stick to the rule, to be honest not going to lie going off topic but wordpress would be my go-to um yeah like i can't think what it's called now um 
platform platform that's it I went completely back then um so I would always go with what their recommendation is you know they're the yeah. leading platform as such so if they're saying that 160 is the the way I would stick to 160 on all other platforms um so yeah 160 is the length for that making sure again you include your keyword and like anything making sure that it actually flows within the text so don't just hit web design here tomorrow something or other you know make sure it flows and actually is placed within that 160 characters um, where it feels natural one rule they do say in terms of your seo titles and meta descriptions is the closer it is to the front of that character count the better opportunities you've got but it's not gonna you're not gonna suddenly not rank if that keyword is in the the end of that description or title so do like don't overthink it just make sure it flows um one thing to note though as a bit of a side note with the meta descriptions is they say 160 characters but they you will often sometimes if you are on a wordpress website you might find that you see as you start writing that description in it starts to go like amber or red when you start going over 140 characters and the reason for that is because of um sharing it on social media so for when you kind of like you know copy and paste your url onto like a facebook group or something like that that only shows 140 characters so that's why they recommend saying to you 140 because then it means your full description is going to be seen when sharing it on social media but if you can't fit what you need to say in the 140 characters, you're better off keeping it to the 160 because at the end of the day, you're doing it to rank on Google, not to share on social. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's more of a warning, isn't it? It's just like a careful yeah. if you're saying anything mega important, it might not show everywhere. Um, but for optimization purposes, obviously, it's fine. Um, okay, so I think we are almost at the end one thing that i have just remembered that i forgot to mention was as well as in you as using internal links you should also use external links so aim to okay don't do this to the detriment of your own website and your own customer journey so as an example on my website i do not include external links on most of my service pages however i know that that will have an impact on their seo so what I try and do to get around this is, as an example, I'm a web designer. I think we've all probably bloody gathered that's this point, the amount that we're using web design in this one. Amy, we're going to have to make sure we plug some of your services <laughs> in the next one. Um, but okay, just as an example, so I work on WordPress and Shopify websites. So a way I get around this on my web design page is I say that I work with WordPress and Shopify and I link to their websites because it's a really logical link. I'm not losing anything by linking to them. It's if anything, giving people a bit more information It's probably actually exactly what that rule is intended for, to be honest. However, yeah. when it comes to my SEO services pages, I don't have something similar that I can link to. So I don't, because I don't want to send traffic away unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, but on my blog posts, I always make sure I include an external link, whether that is to a service provider that I'm mentioning or another really helpful article or what have you. It means a lot to Google that you are offering as much information as possible. And sometimes that is with external links and you do, you do get extra brownie points with them for it. And so it is worth doing if you can, but not to the detriment of your own customer journey. Yeah. 
Cool. I think that rounds up our SEO checklist. Any questions or anything you're not sure on, do reach out. We will link everything we've discussed in the show notes to help you guys further. Um, but we hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast episode and we will continue doing some more on SEO.